Okay, here we are uh, about to record the next podcast of Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. I think we are Season 2, Episode 6. And you can't see this right now, but I'm sitting next to Samantha in her uh, her house in Richfield because I said a few weeks ago, I said, we're going to record the podcast with somebody who listens to it. So I said, let me know if you want to be on the podcast. And here is Samantha. Hi, Sam. Hey, Dave. How are you doing? I'm good. We're super close to each other. So uh, <laughs> hopefully neither of us has really bad stank breath. Yeah. What made you decide you wanted to be on the podcast, Sam? Well, I've been listening since I was eight. Uh, like you said, way before I probably should have been listening. Yeah. Um, I definitely had to change the radio station before one of my parents walked in the room because they were like, turn that crap off. Do you have any memories of things that you should not have been listening to, like a War of the Roses or Cheaters Club or anything like that? Definitely War of the Roses. Yeah. I definitely recall that, but I did I did fall in love with it at a young age. You know, it's funny because um, uh, people come up to me and they say, this is going to make you feel really old, but I've you're 24, mm-hmm. and so I've been there for 25 years, so basically all of your entire life, yep. which... It does make me feel old because I am old, but it's very flattering that you've been listening all this time. I appreciate it. Why in the world did you say, you know, what, what did you what did you want to bring up on the podcast? Because I basically said, if you want to be on the podcast, let me know what you want to talk about. And you wrote a very nice letter that obviously attracted my attention and said that you are passionate about one thing in particular. Yeah. So I wrote you in an email um, talking about volunteering and giving back, especially at a young age. You know, I'm 24. I'm just out of college. Um, I've got some free time. And with giving back, you get a lot more out of it. And it really doesn't take as much time out of anyone's schedule as they think it will. I'm actually going to bring up a lot of um, counterpoints to your idea, okay? Because okay. I'm going to, like, make you prove your point. I don't right. have time. There's no time. I don't have time to volunteer. I come home. I barely have enough time to get my work done. i got to watch TV. Um, I got my own kids. I got my own stuff. I don't have time to volunteer, right? Well, my counter argument would be um, it really only takes a couple hours out of the month. Like, for example, I'm part of Big Brothers Big Sisters, and they require you to meet with your little minimum of two times and maximum of four times a month. So depending on what the activities that you're doing, I mean, you could go see a movie and that would be it, or you could go ice skating and that would be it. Um, So there's, and it's fun for both of you too. Really? Um, that I mean, that's so cool. I think I've known people who have done Big Brothers and Big Sisters. Uh, I admire you for doing that because I would be worried about being stuck with a rotten, miserable yeah. kid who is no fun and doesn't appreciate anything. Mm-hmm. How is your little little brother or little sister? She's good. She's good. Um, she has her moments, you know, yeah. but as anyone does, she didn't. Her childhood definitely was not comparable to mine. So I think a lot of that is... Um, you know, seeing where she's coming from and understanding maybe how they're feeling, um, maybe in pain or maybe not enough love in their life as they should be getting. So I also asked for a little bit more challenging kid or some or a kid who has a little bit more struggle in their life. So there's definitely a spectrum of kids that you can get through Big Brothers Big Sisters. Um, you're setting yourself up here. I would say, give me the easiest kid who doesn't really want to spend a lot of time with me. So I wouldn't have to spend a lot of time with him. I admire you. Um, let's find a little, a little bit more about your background so we can kind of know who we're dealing yeah, with here. Yeah. Uh, we know you're 24. Uh, you grew up in Egan. What mm-hmm. else we need to know? So I'm an industrial designer at an engineering firm in Burnsville. Um, 
do a lot of stuff, do a lot of climbing, a lot of yoga, a lot of activity. I have so much energy just in my little tiny body, so I need to get it out some way. Uh, hang out with a lot of friends. I also have time to hang out with my friends all the time. Really? Yeah, all the time. Um, so you mentioned, I noticed this when I pulled up, that uh, your boyfriend, uh, his name is Al- Alex. Alex, yep. Um, he has a Highland snowboard, like a Highland ski area sticker, so he works there part-time. Um, you, so you do the snowboarding, you do biking, you do yoga, and you do climbing. Yep. Do you ever sleep or watch TV? I actually get probably more sleep than a, the average human should, according to really? my boyfriend. Yes, I go to bed at like probably close to nine every night, and I wake up around 5.45 just in time to wake Alex up for the morning show, okay. which he adores. So Does he really? See, sometimes our morning show is polarizing among couples or families where they say, oh, God, He's got that stupid Dave Ryan show on again. I want to listen to 93X or want nothing at all. But Alex, is he listens to the show too. Oh, no. No, he doesn't. Oh, he does he, not? He oh, does so I misunderstood. Not. That was sarcasm. Okay. Oh, yeah. oh, so he does not like our show at all. I don't think it's that he doesn't like your show. He just doesn't like talk radio. Okay. What does he listen to in the morning? Anything at all? He listens to music, okay. I would say. Nothing in particular. I think um, him and Ian are really into YouTube videos. No, wait a second. Who's Ian? Ian is Alex's younger brother, who okay. is also my roommate. Okay. So uh, let me ask you a couple of things about the, the whole volunteering thing, because I think that, you know, you, one of the things that you wanted to talk about was um, influencing people to do something good. And I think mm-hmm. that's kind of what our podcast is about, is helping people. The whole theme of the book is take a shower, show up on time, and don't steal anything and other shit that I learned the hard way. Right. Because most of the things in the book are things that I learned the hard way, like loaning money Mm -hmm. or trying to buy somebody's friendship. Um, uh, And so I think that if we can get anything from you, it would be why is it important to volunteer and why do you think a lot of people don't want to volunteer and pay it forward and help other people out? I think it's less of people not wanting to volunteer rather than them just getting so caught up, you know, in their own life and their own stuff. Um, you know, cause everyone has their own shit going on and it's so easy to forget about, um, giving back to other people and, and doing that good stuff. And, you know, for some people they are, they are really busy. You know, they've got kids, they're wo- working full time or they're going to school, but there's so much love that needs to be spread out there. And there's a huge lack of love. Um, and I just feel with everything on the news, they, they focus so much on the negative, but there seriously is so much good out there. And through volunteering, it's really shown me how many great people are out there doing hard work for no compensation and getting nothing back whatsoever. They just do it because they really enjoy it. And once you start doing it, you feel really good about it, too. And you want to encourage other people to do it because you feel good after it. I think that's the biggest thing for me is, you know, you feel good about it and bragging rights, too. But you biggest thing is it really makes you feel good inside, knowing that you're doing something that no one asked you to do, that you're doing on your own time and giving back. You know, I think that's really true. I think you and I share that is that making other people feel good, making pe- other people's lives a little bit easier is sounds corny, but it is it is kind of a great mm-hmm. joy in life. And I like to do that, too, with Boy Scouts. Um, and sometimes it is a little bit thankless and people mm-hmm. don't always appreciate it. And everybody likes to be appreciated. But um, I help out with the Boy Scouts. And last week 
I went out and did a magic show for a bunch of Boy Scouts, and it didn't go that well. Yeah. It was kind of, yeah, because, you know, I think I was nervous, mm-hmm. and it didn't really go that well. Um, but I agree with you. How did you find something that you wanted to volunteer for? Because let's face it, let's let's say if like Ducks Unlimited came to you and said, <laughs> Samantha, will you volunteer to be the chapter president for Ducks Unlimited? You might not have a passion for ducks Absolutely nor not. care mm-hmm. about. So how did you choose a charity or an organization to volunteer for? So I am really passionate about youth, about youth and I just really like kids in general. I know a lot of my friends are like, you like hanging around kids? And I, I just always have gotten around with them. I taught swimming lessons um, all throughout high school, and I just really get along with them. That's probably because I have so much energy, and they have the exact same amount as me, so we can really bounce off each other in that sense. Um, but like I was saying earlier, you know, there's a lot of kids out there, whether their parents are working just to make ends meet or their parents are first year immigrants or, you know, maybe one of their parents is in prison. You know, there's a lot of stories that we don't know out there. And sometimes the kids just need another person in their life who loves them. And I think that's the biggest thing for me is, you know, just being another positive adult in their life to influence them and be a mentor to them and really just show them the love that they might not be getting. See, I think you and I, I don't know much about you really at all because we just met today and we've never really talked before Mm -hmm. at all. But I think I'm getting something that you must have had great parents to instill some of these things in you to make you want to, because there are a lot of people, we forget about this, who have really shitty lives and had really shitty childhoods. I watched I, Tanya last night. Have you seen I, Tanya? I have not, but okay. I've heard you guys talk about it on the okay. radio. So you're a lot younger than me. So mm-hmm. you were like a month old when that whole thing went down. But I watched the movie last night and she had a really shitty childhood. I don't think her dad was around much and her mom was just awful. If you believe the movie mm-hmm. and the movie seems to be, you know, at least it sells itself as moderately accurate. Um, so if you had a crappy childhood or you, you know, have a crappy childhood right now, a lot of people can't relate to that because we've all had probably mm-hmm. at least moderately good childhoods. Right. So what what did mom and dad get right with you that made you turn out to be such a wonderful person? Well, I was homeschooled um, up until fifth grade. So I stayed home and I think that's a lot of it, too. My mom had the time to stay home and, um, you know, educate me. Um, a lot of my time was spent outside. I was around fifth grade when my brothers they were pretty young so my mom was pretty busy with them so I started going to school but they just I don't know they kept they kept my shit together and they they didn't let me get away with much but you know they were just so loving to everyone in my life and um I have a lot of aunts and uncles that I'm super close with so I think it's just the all-encompassing of my family is pretty awesome so okay um homeschooling now did you get a lot of crap for being homeschooled because i was watching mean girls today and at the very beginning i've never seen mean girls you've Mm -hmm. seen mean girls probably a bunch of times right carson came in and Mm -hmm. he says what are you watching mean girls for i said because i've never seen it before and he's like you've never seen mean girls it's like no i've never seen mean girls i'm not really in their demo you know Mm -hmm. i wasn't like in their target but the girl Lindsay lowen is homeschooled and then she goes to high school and uh, and they were making fun of homeschooled kids and they had like a bunch of boys with rifles yep. and they're saying something like yeah we got to have like rifles so we can protect ourselves from the homosexuals and then they said something like yeah girls that are homeschooled have no social skills or something like that so what kind of grief did you get for being homeschooled and would you make an argument for being homeschooled I think there are positive and negatives. I personally, being the social butterfly that I am, always begged my mom to put me into real school. Um, But coming 
out of homeschooling going into elementary school so fifth grade last year of elementary school I learned that there were really mean people and I was just really hypersensitive as a kid um, even to this day I am but I've kind of grown a thick skin because of it but I mean I came home a couple days just crying my eyes out because After I, you were in regular school yes okay. yes because um, just some comments that people made to me I was like mom like why would they say those things to me? And, you know, throughout my life, I learned that typically when someone's being mean to you for no reason, it's usually because of their own pain and something that they're going through. And that's really difficult, you know, for someone who's that young to understand. But now that I'm older and reflecting back, I'm like, yeah, like there are some really shitty, there's some shitty people out there. And there's, there's, you know, really unfortunate circumstances for some home lives of some people that just, it's no one's fault, but, um, and when you're that young and you, you can't help but be influenced by who you're around. It's a, a little bit random, but you made me think of something, and I don't know if you heard me tell the story on the radio the other day, because I went to Fallon's Girls Night Out party mm-hmm. on Thursday night. Stop me if you've heard the story, but I'll tell it anyway. Yep. So yep. Um, I was at Fallon's Girls Night Out party, and it was so fun to meet people, and they're talking about how they've listened to the show forever and blah, blah, blah. And everybody is so nice and has something positive to say. Like, you know, some people say things like, you know, you're the longest-term relationship I've ever had, mm-hmm. or I didn't have a dad, so you're like the closest thing right. I had to a dad, which is like, wow, that's like, very wow, touching, yeah. very touching. At the end of the night, I'm walking out, and we're just about done, and I hear somebody yell behind me, Dave, Dave. So I stop, and I turn around, and this, these two women come up. One was just very ordinary looking, not not strikingly beautiful, but not plain. The other one was hot, okay? So the ordinary looking one, I, that's not an insult, she says something like, I listen to your show every day. And the other one, the more attractive one, says, well, I don't. And then the other one says something nice. And then the other one says, the more attractive one says, you're really old. You should retire. <laughs> and I thought... She might have a point. She might have a point. <laughs> All right, I'm out of here. Um, and I thought, what? And we talked about this on the radio. What is it that makes some people think that's the best thing to say in a social situation? That would be like me coming up to somebody who was heavy and saying, whoa, you have packed on the pounds, haven't you? You know what I mean? Yeah. You might think it. Yeah. But you would not say it. So what is it? And you don't have the answer, but let's take a shot at it. Yeah. Because we were talking about people you don't know what their circumstances mm-hmm. are and why they are the way they are. Why would somebody think that that is the appropriate thing to say in a situation like that? I don't even think that that thought goes through their head. I think it's their automatic reflux in a situation like that, you know, where they're put on the stand with someone who might be a little more important or popular than they are to go ahead and immediately put them down. And I don't know, I really don't think that's instinctively in anyone, but I think that's more, you know, kind of how you grew up, the situation you're around, the kind of people you're around that really makes you who you are as a person. Okay. Um, well, we're doing the podcast at Samantha's house, and uh, I have to thank you, by the way, for the tray of delicious snacks. I was actually joking when I said you should have some summer sausage or pizza rolls ready, and she pulls out this big-ass tray of summer sausage, which when she's not looking, I'm going to load some into my pocket and take it home. Um, when we talk about things like, uh, have you read my book before? Some people I have, have not. You have not read my no, book? No, I have How not read your book. How did you get to be on my podcast if you have not even bought or read the book yet? I was thinking the same thing, yeah, to be really completely yeah. honest. Yeah. yeah. Um, you can download the book. You can get it on Kindle. 
um, or you can get it on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Did, what, you know what the book is called, Samantha? Yeah. Is? Take a shower, show up on time, and don't steal anything. And other shit I learned the hard way. That is exactly yeah. right, yes. So I don't have the book in front of me. I, I left it at home, but at the end of every podcast, I usually try to pull out mm-hmm. a chapter and read it. And I've probably repeated some of the chapters several times. Um, I'm going to give you one that a lot of people talk about. And this, again, goes back to having great parents. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I learned from my dad was what the chapter that I call Feed the Goat. Are you familiar with the Feed the Goat chapter at all? I may be, if you have mentioned it previously on on your podcast. podcast. I probably have. It's one of my favorite chapters. So basically, when I got my first job in radio, I was 17. And I got it at a religious station that was in the middle of a field outside of Colorado Springs. And... uh, Um, My job on Saturday morning was to come in, turn on the transmitter, read the news, uh, play the tapes. It was tapes back then. And then I would feed the goat. And the boss has shown me around my first day. And he's like, okay, this is Rita, the goat. And she (laughs) lives in a pen outside around the transmitter. You know, the big red and white stick that sticks up outside of a radio station. And uh, he said, we keep Rita to trim the grass around the transmitter so there won't be a fire. And he goes, you know, her goat chow is over here and her the hose for the water is over here. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm not going to feed a goat. Are you kidding me? So I told my dad about it. And I can't remember the exact conversation, but he's like, well, if you don't do it, they're going to find somebody else that's going to do it. So you might as well go do it and do it with a smile, because even though that's not what you signed up for, you're going to have to do some stuff that you don't want to do in life. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. I'm going to have to do some stuff in life that I don't want to do. So that's what I learned was go ahead and feed the goat. And then I tell people that the goat might not show up in the form of an actual goat, but your boss might say sometime, hey, Sam, can you stay late and blow up balloons for the Christmas party or something like that? And you're like, that's not my job. But if you go ahead and do it, you know, you're helping her out and it's just, you're going to run into the goat here and there. Your comments, please, Sam. Anything. Well, I think, you know, no matter what you're doing, it could always be worse, especially in our circumstance. There are many places all over the world that you could be right now that would be much worse than what you're doing, whether it be true? scrubbing a toilet, which if it's not mine, I would really not want to do. But it also pays the same. That's something my dad has always instilled in me. You know, if you're at a job and you have to redo something or do something you really don't want to do, most of the time, the pay is the same. So, you know, don't complain about it. Do it with a smile or don't even do it with a smile, but don't do it with a scowl look on your face. You know, just kind of suck it up and go do it. Hey, let me ask you this one because uh, we're talking about like work and work ethic a little bit. Um, One of the chapters in my book is about how people say, that's not my job. Or they don't pay me enough to do that. Mm -hmm. And I always tell people, don't fall into that trap because the only way to make yourself stand out at work is to, well, do a great job, number one, but also to do things that are not your job and things that they don't pay you enough to do. Because let's face it, when you start out working, let's say at KDWB and you're making $12 an hour um, and they say, will you take the station truck down to the car wash and wash the station truck? Well, you could say, no, it's not my job or... They don't pay me enough to do that. But if you do it, and you do it, like you said, maybe not a smile on your face because that's a little bit corny, mm-hmm. but if you can manage a smile, great. But if you can do it without scowling, that's great. Do you think that 
it is a generational thing? Do you think millennials get... See, I don't think millennials get enough credit because the millennials I work for are... They're pretty sharp. Mm -hmm. And my daughter's a millennial and so is her fiance. I think people like to pick on millennials. Do you think it's a generational thing or do you think it's just certain people just don't want to do any extra work? I think it's just depending on the person. I really think it's just a person to person thing. I don't believe it's a generational thing. I believe that each generation is different and therefore, you know, the juxtaposition of both generations, how they do different things, you know, it seems wrong. But the way that millennials do things versus, you know, how you, your old ass is going to do things, um, they're just, it's different. And to a lot of people, different is wrong. Okay. Why, why is different wrong? What do you mean? Because it's not the way they're used to doing it? Correct. Yeah. So, you know, you see someone approach something in a different way or just, you know, a new idea or a new approach to do something. It's it's not the way they're used to doing it or, you know, it's not the way it's been done for the past 10 or 15 years. And I feel like that's what millennials are doing is they're approaching things in a different way, especially with all the technology that we have nowadays is really influencing a lot of industries directly. Um, so it's it's just different from the way they're doing it. And maybe it's it's new and it's uncomfortable for them, too. I don't think there's any doubt about that, because I think that, um, like, for example, my father-in-law, he's 85 years old. Um, about 10 years ago, we got him a computer and we thought he's going to love this because he can go on, you know, email and he can send silly jokes with his buddies and things like that. And he opened the box and he looked at it and he said, oh, it's a fucking computer. That was exactly <laughs> what he said. And we're like, no, it's really cool. And eventually we won him over. But he was definitely resistant to that. And I'll give you one more. Um, same guy, father-in-law. He loves prices Right. So he's got his VHS. And do you know what VHS means? I do. It is oh, a, I know what it is. I don't know what it means. Okay. Well, a video, uh, I don't remember either. But um, he would record prices Right on VHS. Every day he had a tape for that day. And we got him a TiVo. And we said, look at this. This is really cool. You just touch this button. It'll record prices Right every day. Nope, he did not want it, did not want to learn it. I said, there's nothing to learn. You touch this button and it records prices Right every day. Mm-hmm. There's really not much else to it. Nope, he boxed it back up and sent it back to us. So people definitely resist that. Yeah. Older people do. Um, okay, we're about to wrap up. Samantha, is there anything that you want to add that you had planned on talking about that you want the world to know that is important that you want to put on the podcast? I would say um, next time you're in line, you know, or you're you're at the checkout with, with Jill who's scanning your items, ask her how she's doing. Ask her how her day is doing or even walking into the gym, hold the door open for someone. I get so many surprised looks on my faces when I do that or even if I ask someone how they're doing. Like last night I was at the Republic and I asked our waiter, I was like, how are you doing today? And he's like, you know, not super great. Someone in my family just died. And, you know, like, and he's like, so sorry if I'm a little spacey. And he kind of was. And if I wouldn't have known that, yeah. um, he probably wouldn't have just told me that, you know, unless I would have asked. I'm That was probably the most genuine answer I've ever gotten for that. And I honestly really appreciate it. I feel like some people could have been like, why did he tell us that? We don't need to know that. But I don't know. You just never know what someone is going through. I think that's true. You never know what someone is going through. And I think that's very why You're wise beyond your years. Um, because I think that I... It's a great idea to just, somebody once said, if you see someone without a smile, give them yours. Have you ever heard about that one before? I have. Yeah, yeah. I kind of like that one. And I 
always some like pleasant to people in the elevator on the way up to work in the morning um, because you never know. No. You might be the first person or the only person that's nice to them that day. You yeah. never know what kind of shit they're going through. Yeah. So very good. Samantha, thanks for the snacks. Thanks for the treats. Uh, thanks for sitting so uncomfortably close to me during this podcast. Your breath smells like summer sausages. Thank you. That's not bad. And thanks for having me over to your house. We're going to do a little tour here in a second. Uh, but thanks for listening to the podcast, and uh, I appreciate it. Don't forget the book is available at Amazon.com. Samantha, you can buy one or you can download it on Kindle. It's called Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. By the way, I'm going to put some pictures of Samantha and the summer sausage on our Facebook page. So go check that out if you want to know what Samantha looks like. Uh, and then go do that at um, uh, Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything on Facebook. Samantha, it's been a joy. Thanks for having me in your house. Thanks, Dave.